still. The others, find them and tell them not to doubt. Even now, not to doubt. Tell them to keep their faith. They must keep faith. Welcome to the Defend Warren podcast here in the Sound United Studios in beautiful downtown Warren, Ohio. As always, I have a very honored guest with me today. I'm very happy that he agreed to come on this show and talk about Warren, Ohio, Warren City Schools, life in Warren. I met this fine gentleman in the seventh grade at the Mighty West Junior. And uh, I'll be honest, I thought he was a little bit odd back then. (laughs) You weren't by yourself. No. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's all right, man. He is good people. I'm Mr. Kevin Stringer. Thank you for coming on to the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you. This is my pleasure and privilege, Jimmy. I'm so excited to be here and really just proud of what you're doing with the podcast and just your endless advocating for for our city. You know, I just that means a lot to me. You know, we're hometown guys and we need to everybody can't leave. No. Well, I mean, we can we hit prefer. the mega. We can hit the mid, mega millions tonight, but uh, I promise you, somebody we love is still going to live here. So, yeah, absolutely, it behooves us all to invest a little bit back home. Well, for those who don't know the gist of this podcast, it it is definitely about spreading positivity in the city. We got enough negativity. You want bad news? Just open a paper. No knock on the Tribune. They got a job to do. That's just a that's just the nature of news, right? Um, and and dispelling myths about Warren, Ohio. Yeah. And that's hard that's hard to do dispelling myths because once someone has a thought in their head, man, you can't get it out. And so you my my approach is just plant seeds and and hopefully one of those will germinate and I'll say, "You know what? It's not that bad. It's not that bad." So, let's dig in because we're going to talk about stuff like that today. Yes, indeed. So, uh, I start off with the first question with everyone, if I remember. Tell me about where you were born, where you grew up, your neighborhood and the schools you went to. I was born right here in Warren at Trumbull Memorial Hospital. Um, My parents, uh, James and Kathy Stringer, are also born right here in Warren and grew up and graduated. Dad from Harding, uh, because reserve didn't exist when he graduated. And mom uh, was the first four-year class, graduating class of uh, Warren Western Reserve. If you can all see here, uh, me and Jimmy are throwing up the West Side sign. <laughs> so so I, she went in as a freshman to yeah, reserve? Okay. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And so um, that class of uh, 69, I, yeah, they, um, they started us all out. And now here's the irony. Our class was the last one there, class of 19. 1990, so we're coming up on the big 3-0 here. No, don't remind me. Ah, man. It's a blessing to be (laughs) here, brother. It's a blessing to be here. So, yeah, we grew up um, uh, over in the uh, Parmara Heights. So, uh, yeah, they bought a house when um, I think I was two or three years old, and um, I still own that house, actually. I, I don't live there, but I still live in Warren. Um, I live on the northwest side as opposed to the southwest side now. So, it, how things have changed. Yeah, I know, but it's still the west side, bro. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, in all its glory. Yeah, yeah, but you know, growing up in the Palmer Heights, it was kind of an interesting um, little thing because, again, you talked about West Junior. Well, 
our house was exactly, I think, a mile. Uh, so it was the cutoff for the bus. So we couldn't ride the bus, but oh, the kids next door could. That's horrible. It was. It was kind of funny. But <laughs> uh, we went to Horseman Elementary School, which no longer stands. And then we went to West Junior. And then we came on over to Warren Western Reserve. Now, what's funny is there have been many buildings knocked down, many school buildings knocked down in you know, the the pursuit of building new places to learn. But West Junior is still standing. Thankfully. And I, yeah. and I mean that truly. I yeah. really do. I'm glad. Uh, I don't know the name of the I can't remember the name of the family who bought the building, but it's a community center now. Correct? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Actually, uh, it was a church for a little while. Uh, oh, that's and right. I, I belonged to church there uh, for for a time. So, yeah, it, it was kind of interesting going and, you know, the pastor, I think, had an office in one of the old principal's offices. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> don't want to be in there. Man. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You was just it Mr. Fowler's from... office. You know what? It might have been. Yeah, it I, might have I been. wouldn't want to go. <laughs> I got, I got a crack from him. It was no fun. Oh man, see, Jimmy, eighth I grade. Didn't think you were that misbehaved? Listen, <laughs> let me tell this quick story because it was ridiculous. Well, first of all, in seventh grade, I got one. Remember when we? You remember the whole pencil fighting thing where you try to yes. crack each other's pencils? Yes. Well, and they made a rule, if you remember, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, my buddy Jerry Styers and I were got oh, caught gosh. doing it. So we got sent down to the office and he gave us a crack. Not him. It was Mr. Uh, Lundgren. Yes. I could not remember that dude's yeah. name. Okay. Yeah. And back then, you know, the beginning of the MC Hammer pants movement had <laughs> begun and I had those really thin <laughs> pants on. Man, did it. I don't know. I must have been a baby because it stung. Oh, okay. Wow. So eighth grade. This is Mr. Fowler band you know the stage you could go to that second level where the uh, art room and everything yes, was out yes. the back side of the stage and and so then you could go downstairs into the locker rooms right where it split off there well i was on the steps underneath uh i guess it'd be like the bridge mm-hmm. and i was hanging i had my hands on and just kind of <laughs> hanging there just not doing anything this dude named billy and i forget his last name we were still friends nonetheless Stepped on my hands on purpose. I don't care what he says. If he ever hears it, he did it on purpose. He wasn't being mean. He just thought it'd be funny. So I walked upstairs and said, why'd you do that? I didn't do it. So I pushed him and he pushed me in and we got sent down to the office. And there's Mr. Fowler. Sitting oh, his, and uh, sitting his, at his desk, we walk in and I knew better to sit down before I was told to sit down. Mm-hmm. Billy walks in and sit down, sits down and Mr. Fowler says, did I tell you you could sit down? And I was like, I made a good decision there. So he says to both of us, he says, you see these names? These are all the people who I've given three cracks to. Do you want your name on here? Nope. So he said, well, you're getting one today. Wow. Or you can do 50 push-ups. Well, I couldn't do 50 push-ups. Right? I can't do 50 pu- ever. <laughs> so, and I knew I was like, all right, man, it's like eating your vegetables. Get it done and over with. So I took my crack and I got out. Billy's like, I'll do push-ups. I don't know when he got out. I don't know what happened because I know the next period he was still in the office. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, I should have did the push-ups. I could have got out of class. Absolutely. Yeah, that was no fun. But Mr. Fowler was a great, great principal. He sure was. And uh, he, we, I, I, I wish he was still around. He's still around as far as I know. But I mean, I wish he was still be, was able to be involved in the district. Because like, he, even her retired. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I could tell my stories, and I know there are a lot of stories about Mr. Fowler. You better believe. But we're here to talk about Kevin Stringer. 
<laughs> That's what we're here to talk about. Oh, man. Yeah. So, you grew up in Palmyra Heights, went to West Junior, and yeah. then graduated from Reserve. What was what was life like in the Heights? I had a, a lady in our church lived there, so I'd been in the Palmyra Heights a, a, quite a few times. So there, she was like family, quite honestly. Uh, honestly, I, I think it was a great blessing in my childhood um, growing up in the Heights because, uh, uh, and I lived there until... 2015 I think um, it, it was kind of neat because as we were coming up there were like sets there were families and they all seemed to have sets of brothers to go along with me and my brother now our sister was um, she's nine years younger than me and which would have made her six years younger than Corey so we were a little closer in age and so we always had these brother sets to play with there was Shug and Sean and Mike and Terrence and you know Bobby and uh, uh, um, oh gosh Bobby and Sean and and all all these other brothers that lived out there and so I couldn't imagine how kids today are not outside it was like funny we would see their bikes we would and that's where the kids were yeah but 90 percent of the time especially when we were in elementary school a lot of the kids were in our yard partially because my parents like to kind of control the mill you like that right you know so if the kids are at your house you can kind of control the tempo of things right (laughs) you know and they they clearly laid down the law so you know, very rarely did we have any problems out there, you know. And what was nice is because there was basically only one way in and one way out at the time, we had carte blanche. So when we came out of the house in the daytime, our only instructions was do not leave the heights, you know. Yeah. So you could be on any street. And this was the beauty of back then. We didn't have cell phones or anything like that. Right. But you better believe you trained your ear to hear your mom's voice oh, calling you from whichever street you were on. Mm-hmm. And you made it home before those streetlights got on yeah. or else there was consequences. You know, now that was more about Corey because uh, I'll be honest, I was always the geek. I was always a little <laughs> bit of an odd duck. So yeah. it was probably someplace under a tree reading a book or a comic yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. That's it is. You know, looking back now, it's like, yeah, nerd reading a book. Let's go play football. Right. 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 Well, here's what's funny. For a brief time, I did play football with like the neighborhood kids and maybe Michael or Terrence Batik can validate this. We used to play tackle football in the street yes. in front of our house. I mean, we were crazy. And sometimes kids start whining about stuff. I'm like, oh gosh you guys are so soft yeah we did we did that once too and that hurt too much <laughs> yeah it, it did it but hurt, you know man. it's kind of how you sorted out the kids who who didn't really belong yeah, in your maybe. group yeah maybe so there yeah, palmer heights you said there's that there's one road in and out right well Is it still now now there's there's the little side street you can get on over by shady's yeah right across from jefferson off of todd avenue that okay. entrance wasn't there when That's we were right. growing up okay you know, and so you can get in and out that way as well. When I was a kid, I grew up on Southern Boulevard. There, that nice. whole neck of the woods was loaded with kids. Yeah, you could go outside, you'd find somebody. And we had yeah. an empty lot around the corner from my house. We would play football or whatever. Actually, that was it. And then we got a little older, and then some kids like street hockey. Mm. So we'd go down one of the streets that wasn't a thorough because Southern Boulevard is a thoroughfare. Oh yeah, um, but some of the offshoot streets aren't, and so we'd set up um, hockey goals and. 
play on the hockey on the street. But that's where I the kid, you know, while technology has its blessings, that's that's been definitely a curse where the, the kids just don't know. Let's go outside and see who we can find. That's the truth. That's the truth. And, you know, it's it's funny because I was noticing there are some neighborhoods where you still have little pockets of that. Not so much in that area around Southern Boulevard, but in the area kind of around Burbank Park. I noticed a couple kids actually riding bikes. And I'm like, man, you just don't see that anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it kind of lifted my heart. But then it made me sad right away because I'm like, why does this not happen more frequently? Yeah. So parents, we just got to kick the kids out of the house more. That's all. I think so. I think so. My son is 14. He he gets bored. I know, right? He gets bored and he's like, I'm going for a bike ride. Okay. See you later. Right. Just go. Right. You know? Right. And we didn't have to hover over them. Just our parents didn't hover over no. us. No. You know, I, I always think, though, the one thing that did kind of change for us as we were coming up was um, there were two things. Uh, um, nationally, it was the Atlanta child. Yeah, voters, I remember that. And that kind of changed the way our parents looked at how we floated in and out and right. of course the local thing with yeah. with Raymond, Raymond. Yeah. you know that 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 kind of changed our perspective but you know even after that we still had a lot of autonomy and a lot of freedom and we were able to play down at Perkins Park. I remember some of our happiest memories were riding a Packard pool, man. Oh, you know? absolutely. You know, I mean, just I, I really feel like, oh, my gosh, if Corey were here, that would be one thing he would really be strongly trying to advocate is the installation of some sort of a public pool. Yeah, because I agree. we had a blast there. You know? Yeah. I'm glad the city I don't I think it was the city who was responsible for putting in the splash pad. I heard I'm yeah. glad and unfortunately it's not being used right now. Talk about just bad luck. Yeah. But yeah. I, I agree. I think just for Warren's not just image but mental health if you will. Yeah. Having a public pool would it would be a, a big bo- uh, boost. I, I do know that, you know, it, the world of insurance has changed and liability and we're a very litigious society. So I understand why the city wouldn't, uh, aside from the fact they can't afford it, which is another subject, but I understand why if they were, okay, we're going to do this, but we have these other issues to take care of. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I get it too, you know, being affiliated with some of the entities that I've been, associated with i understand you just you don't want to do anything to increase your liability but yeah right boy it really makes uh it 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 it, it brings back such fond memories and it just yeah. it pains me sometimes that it took swimming lessons there yeah see i mean it's just i just it was a treat that what the big sign said 75 cents as you were yeah. coming in the the worst part about it, though, was the locker room. I hated walking barefoot on that floor, yeah. man. I don't know. It was just always gross. I don't know what it was so, about. So, yeah, some some of the good old days yeah. weren't all good. Oh, right, right. <laughs> you know? So after, so I, I remember us talking before, you know, one of the things that um, we I've talked with people about and that comes up on the podcast, as you may have heard, well, some I haven't released yet, but as you will hear, mm-hmm. is our demographics. Yes. And one of the issues we have, this is my opinion, and, it, and, and I definitely want to hear yours. We ha- I know I was told, not specifically from my parents, but mm-hmm. in general, that you have to leave Warren, Ohio to be successful. 
Now, I am all for, listen, go, go ahead, move out. Go live other places. Gain that experience because it changes. You change and you grow and develop as an adult and you're seeing different worlds, so to speak. You know, growing up in Warren, Ohio is completely different than growing up in Cleveland, which is different than Columbus, than Dallas, than Chicago, than whatever. Sure. Get that experience, but come back. Right. And we understand if you don't, but please do. And if those who aren't sure, stick around. Yeah. Get involved and and volunteer. And you'll find that there are a lot of people who love Warren, Ohio. Yeah. And they're dedicated and committed to turning things around, for the lack of a better phrase. Um, so I know you had left. I left. That was just part of, you know, here, here's your life plan. Graduate high school, which I barely did. Go to college. Thank you, DeVry, for taking me. <laughs> get an education. Get a job. Now, my dad always taught me to work for myself, which I primarily do now. Right. Nice. That's that's another subject, too, which we'll eventually get into in the, on the show. Not me specifically, but uh, business ownership and that type of thing. But, you know, a lot of people get an education, specifically college, to go away. You're never going to be successful here. You know, everything else is away. Right. You left. I left. A lot of our friends left. It was like it's, it was an exodus. And that's how it's been for years. Yeah. What brought you back? That was a long statement just to bring you back. <laughs> what brought you back? <laughs> so you left. Tell me about you graduate high school and then you decided to leave. Get into that story a little bit. Well, I went to I went to the University of Virginia for a little while over in Charlottesville and um, was doing well there. But um, what ended up happening is my financial aid got reduced and tuition went up and me all gung ho. And I could not wait to get out of here. That's where I was when I was a young man and graduating high school. I threw my cap up in the air and I was gone before it hit the ground. I I could not wait. to. Adrian was running. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ready to go. I'm like, okay, bye. (laughs) You know, but um, but uh, the, the thing was. Um, it was time to come home and, and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to go broke, I might as well go home and, and see what I can do. And I was depressed for a little while cause that's where I really wanted to be. I had not planned it out very well, uh, going to university of Virginia, going out of state. And then the school was really expensive and this, that, and the third. So it wasn't even a matter of me not fitting in. I'm like 50 miles away from the capital of Confederate States of America. And I was doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, when I came home, it was, it was weird. I floated around for a while and, you know, had little meaningless, you know, pity any jobs because I really just didn't want to be here. What changed was um, when my brother ended up um, going away to school, he was so different from where I was at the at that time. He would have worked any place in the world and came home to Warren every night. Whereas me, I was trying to leave here and never look back. Why do you think there was a a difference there? I really don't know. I really don't know. And maybe it's because he was like super, he was more social than I was at the time. I was always a bit of a loner, a little bit of a nerd, you know, Uh, people don't believe it now, but I was, I I am terribly shy. How I get over that is I kind of make myself get out there and talk to people. But, um, 
you know, I, I was still kind of really trying to find myself. I think Corey always kind of knew who he was and he was a little bit more sure of himself and he knew what he wanted out of life or he, at least he knew what he didn't want. Right. And maybe that's why he had such an affinity for home. Me, it took, you know, getting married, having children to start to understand that, you know, there is value in where and how we were raised. Absolutely. You know, the, um, because I grew up in Warren, Ohio, I could navigate my way in, in 50 miles away from the heart of Confederacy. Right. You know, I, I could deal with people who had been educated. You know, a lot of the people at the time when I was at UVA uh, were congressmen and senators kids, you know, and these were people who were certainly coming from a different track educationally and socially um, and economically than what I was coming from. And I held my own with them. And I believe that part of that is, of course, to my parents and my family for the way that we were raised. But a lot of it had to do with the quality education that we got from Warren City Schools. You know, so I, I started to really inventory the assets that are here in our community and that list is stuff it's substantial you know job wise maybe it's not what it used to be but at the same time i don't think that warren's best days are behind it i agree and so i am excited to be bringing up i've, I've got three grown children i've got three adult children i I mean, got two grandkids now. It's because you're old. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know, not that much older than you, no, though, Captain. A few months. <laughs> you know? But, um, but uh, uh, you know, I'm raising, a, I've got a kid getting ready to enter sixth grade now, too, our little surprise kitty, <laughs> you know. And, right. um, and I have a three-year-old, so it oh, wasn't uh, a surprise, but, you know, things happen. Yeah, 14 and three. Yeah. 14, 10, and three are mine. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, yeah, ours are uh, 20. Well, he'll be 28. Then my daughter will turn 27. And my middle son will turn 24. And then Donovan will turn 12. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So you should have seen the kids reaction when we told them they were going to have a little brother. Their first <laughs> uh, the first words out of their mouth were ill. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Just say it. Right. Yeah. It's truthful. That's why it's funny. Yeah. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but um, but again, it's it's weird because of. You know, my ease with people who are like me and people who are not like me. I think Warren had a lot to do with that. Warren City Schools had a lot to do with that. And so I want my kids to have that same comfort and and ability to speak multiple languages, uh, as it were. I agree. I I think that um, growing up in Warren City, it taught me a lot about different people that I shouldn't say different people. It taught me a lot about people that were different than me Mm -hmm. who came from different backgrounds than me and how to deal with people who weren't like me. And I can't attribute that. I cannot attribute that to uh, two things. I can attribute to is with Warren city schools and the church that I went to. And when you have that environment, you figure out real quick what works and what doesn't work. You figure out real quick how to get through things. Absolutely. There's no book. There's no manual. And then what you figure out is regardless of difference of opinions, 
people are, are people. That's right. And sometimes you just you have to let things go and walk away. And even even if you take one on the proverbial chin, walk away, be peaceful. Right. And but but the point the point I want to make too though is is that you're right. The growing up in Warren City Schools taught me a lot. And and I've, I like you, I'm able to navigate different social circumstances where, you know, if I'm playing pickup basketball, I can talk the talk. I can mm-hmm. body language the body language. If I'm in a business setting, I can flip the switch and 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 do that too. And and I attribute that to my upbringing. You That's know, right. You you learn these things from different people who aren't like you, and that's a good thing. That's right. I mean, and and again, you know, the school and our individual families, our, our places of worship played a part in that. But then, too, I think the, the factory work experience also has an impact in how we could process and relate to one another here. Where, and where that, did you work at? I worked at um, Packard. Like I said, I floated around for quite some time. And I worked there for almost 13 years. And um, Put in some time, bro. Yeah. In that time frame, it was a little bit weird because uh, you meet people from all different walks of life and right. people from all over Trumbull County, some from PA. And some of those folks had never had any interaction with anybody other than from their regular homogeneous group. And so That's a big word. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> I work for the district. Every yeah. now and then I got to dust off you a five dollar <laughs> word. You know, kind of justify impressed. the kind of got to justify the paycheck right. you know and then because i don't have all the bona fides that they do right see another one bona fides yeah i gotta file these go. away i should have broke pen and paper that's right that's right just listen to this back a few times i'll pick them up anyway <laughs> no but uh it, it 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 was funny because you did you have to learn how to negotiate space and 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 set some kind of community agreements on how you're going to treat one another and that's that's huge were you in the union there um, I was a union member. I did. I think I maybe served as alternate one day. But, okay, but you were a member. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I was. I was a union. I was a regular rank and file guy. So, so what after? So I want to go back to the original question, you, and I probably touched on it. You just kind of stumbled back home, correct? Yeah, I did. I did. And so, then you've made your path once you got there. Well, yeah. I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I couldn't imagine living anyplace else. And, you know, interesting side note, um, you know, I told you I lived in the house until I grew up in until uh, 2015. And at that time, um, I was working for the state of Ohio. I had a job at a um, care facility mm-hmm. for um for a developmentally disabled adults. And I've been at that job for about six, six and a half years. And the governor uh, decided he was going to close that down. And so because it was a state job and I had six years of seniority, I'm thinking, okay, there's not a ton of state jobs outside of, you know, corrections in the area. And I don't know that I want to go that particular route it may be time to start looking and and head someplace else and of course my eyes turn towards Columbus because I've got seniority and I don't want to lose that if I go down there because I'm being displaced by a choice that's not my own then I'm I'm, I'm I remember this conversation now you're talking about it yeah and so 
as I'm pondering all of that, you know, an opportunity presents itself for me to work at the district and uh, full time. I had been doing the program, the after school program that I run. I'd been doing that for a couple years at that point. And when when this opportunity opened up, you know, it was an issue because I think my family was maybe ready to try something new. But my wife ended up getting a job um, and being able to get a little bit of an income boost and this, that, and the third uh, with really solid benefits for the family. So it really ended up being every sign pointed towards we were supposed to be here. Yeah. So the funny thing about it is my child got sick. I mean, very, very ill. He got diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer. I mean, uh, and this particular diagnosis, I think only 1% of all cancer cases in children are this particular form Mm. of cancer. And so there were only two places in the state that treat this. Um, One was Cincinnati, and then the other one was in Akron. And so I believe to the core of who I am, my child would have survived had we moved to Columbus, but maybe my marriage might not have. Maybe my sanity or my wife's good health. This community wrapped its arms around us and kept us lifted and boosted and loved on us and helped us be sustained beyond the things that insurance could not cover. Right. You know, our jobs both kind of just wrapped themselves around us and you know, all the people that we know just loved on us and made it possible for for our family to heal right along with my son's recovery. And so he is doing well. He's thriving. And, you know, any public format, I get to say thank you to the fine folks of Warren and, and Trumbull County. I, I, I have to say thank you because it, it, it's been a big blessing. And it, it's that much more proof that our best days and our best intentions, our best nature is still here. Absolutely. It's still here. So uh, that's, that's a, a very touching story. And it, you bring out a very important point is that there's a, a lot of people caring people live here. I oh, mean, yeah. give you the shirt off their back. And I think you go to a lot of communities anywhere. People will come together and support someone like your situation to help them through a very difficult trial. Uh, but that happened here. Right. And I don't think the press needs a, um, I'm sure you got some press coverage on it, but um, it's important to know that, that, that the people who live here in Warren are good people. They're great people. And uh, I, I don't, I don't want to get, I can go on and on, but uh, I want to hear more about you. So <laughs> you, had the state job he got you decided to stay here let's let's pause the story here i want to touch base on your brother Corey because yeah everyone knows Corey stringer those who don't Corey stringer was an nfl lineman for the minnesota vikings and was an all pro he he in my opinion he'd have made the uh hall of fame oh i really do i really do saying that i really do i mean he was he was coming man he he was coming into his own and those who don't know, he unfortunately died in t- August 31st. August 1st. August 1st, yeah. 2001. <laughs> um, one. One, yeah. 
Uh, I had a good friend also died around that time frame too. Oh, um, man, I'm sorry. But, you know, Corey was, I mean, talk about an advocate for Warren, Ohio. You would see him in the paper all the time because he was coming home and he was going back. I think Rebecca Williams was still open at the time. Yes. And he was going down there and he was volunteering. You know, he's coming from Minnesota, coming back to Warren. You know, how many athletes that came out of Warren, Ohio never came back? Yeah. yeah. Or very minimally. Not Corey. I mean, he led by example. He led by example. Talk a little bit about growing up with Corey uh, in the Heights, and and <laughs> and say, so, I mean, he was a sophomore when we graduated, and uh, talk about a little bit about his personality and and his impact in Warren City Schools. So I appreciate those words, Jimmy. It's 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 nice, and it it always kind of humbles me when I mean, in August it'll be 19 years since he's been gone. Away, man. You know, it's, it's I remember crazy. the day. Oh, technically, I did. I, I knew it was either 31st or first, but I knew 2001. <laughs> well, it, it's it, it was so funny though coming up because you know we were basically two and a half years apart, and. So we, we played together. We, we were each other's constant playmates, but we were very different. Like I said, I was more introverted. And Corey, you know, you meet him once and you felt yeah. like family. Right. You know, I mean, he really just had that gift. And how I ended up in, you know, some political realms and social realms, I have no idea because I did not have that that talent for it. But this guy, you could meet him once. And he was like that even as a child, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and what was funny was because I was so quiet and shy, you know, sometimes and I was a chubby kid, um, you know, not the spelt adult that you see in front of you today, you know. And, hey, our, we're old now. I don't have good. a six pack. I, I got a keg, keg. though. <laughs> but um, it, it's just uh, funny because if somebody thought they were picking on me, you know, he would jump to my defense before I even had an opportunity to fix my lips to say anything <laughs> from my own self. And so a lot of people always thought that he was like the older brother, mm-hmm. you know. He's a big kid, man. He really was. He watched my ball spot take over my whole head uh, <laughs> as we were coming up here. You know, oh, but um, you know, he he was just like that. He was the sweetest and and most uh, uh, loving guy, you know, the dude that could shut something down if he decided to get mad and and act out and uh, but but was more likely the cat that was deescalating everybody else in the in the party. Uh, Funniest story. Um, I don't know if I had graduated or it was my senior year or what, or maybe I was graduated in home. Anyway, we were at a party in the Palmer Heights. And there was a guy there that was a little bit tipsy. Now, I had just came to drop something off or I was getting ready to leave. And Corey was sitting in the passenger seat of the car. Windows down. There's people outside the house. You know how it used to be back when. And I'm getting ready to come to the car. And I noticed this guy who was a little bit inebriated at the passenger door just talking to Corey. And, you know, he's getting a little bit fresh in the mouth, like, oh, man, you know, football players all think you so blah, 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 blah. You know, he had all kind of smack to say. And Corey says, listen, you're drunk. You need to back away from the car and go sleep it off somewhere, you know, go yeah. calm down or something like that. 
He says, no, you know what? Ain't nobody afraid of you. You know, get Why don't you get out the car? Why don't you get out of the car? See how tough you are without your helmet and pads and whatnot. Mm. <laughs> Corey says, man, listen, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't have no argument with you. I don't get no grievance with you. Why don't you just back away? Mm-hmm. You know, and the dude steady getting loud and this, that, and the other. Corey opens the door up. He says, fine, I'm going to get out the car. Guy backs up. Corey opens the door up, and I swear it's like this dude looks up, and Corey is towering probably like two feet over him. <laughs> <laughs> the dude looks up at Corey and just busts out crying and wraps his arm around him and says, I'm sorry, man. And Corey was mad at that point, but he busts out laughing. I mean, and instantly it was all good. You know, yeah. six foot five and two hundred eighty pounds is a big man. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So it was just it, and and more often than not, those were the types of situations that we found, and that was even coming up. You know, yeah. I mean, he was a big kid; he yeah. always was. So, you know, talking about a little bit of his involvement, even though he was in Minnesota, Minneapolis about his still commitment that he had to Warren. Well, like I said, he was always committed to Warren. I remember one Christmas uh, when they were playing in um, the Orange Bowl or something like that. He was with the Bucks still. Okay. And he, he played um, Ohio State for those who don't know. Yes, yes. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. <laughs> Um, but uh, he was he was playing with them and they were at the Rose Bowl or some something, you know, sports skipped over me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was. I don't know if it's a home down or a touch run. I, I, right. I, I, I can't tell you. You're a three pointer. Yeah, right. But um, but uh, he called home and it was Christmas Day and um, he got so sad because we we're all together. And I'm like, dude, you're at like Disney world or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, could you, so he was always kind of a home. He just was committed to being at home and he yeah. loved his family. So like I said, he was happy to be in Minnesota, happy to play and work out there. But, um, he never lost touch of that, you know, and he, wanted to make sure that he could have some sort of meaningful connection. So um, if I remember correctly, the last visit that he was home before his death was to come and celebrate the Special Olympics out there in um, out behind Howland High School. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can't remember who had asked him to be involved in that. I don't know who ran that, but um, he would come back every year and they have subsequently named the um, award after him. And so my sister and I, we, we, we keep that going. So when they have their thing, one of us tries to make it out there and, and, and pass it on. And it's a great honor. I mean, he just really wanted to be a part of reviving and sustaining his community. You know, he just was, it was just wired into him. So I think it's wired into you for sure. Uh, and I, you know, it's wired into me and it's wired into a lot of people. And a lot of people are putting it out there right now yeah. for the city and, and trying to get things heading in the right direction. Let's talk. Speaking of heading in the right direction, let's talk about Warren City Schools. Okay. It, uh, Warren City Schools, uh, like you and I had wonderful experiences. And I know a lot of other kids have had wonderful experiences. Warren City Schools gets uh, a bad rap as a, as a rule of thumb, not always, but as a rule of thumb, 
Um, and, and sometimes, okay, rightfully so. But as a scorecard of its reputation, I think it's unfairly scored. I, I, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, I think, I think that sometimes it's it's easier for a negative story to go a little bit further than than the real story. Oftentimes, you know, there are so many good things that are happening that happen without any kind of public knowledge or, right. or you know, fanfare. And it breaks my heart because there are committed staff, there are committed faculty, there are committed boots on the ground workers. I mean, the food service workers who make sure that that kid is going to eat every day. And, and the custodians who make sure that these buildings are clean and sanitized and safe right. and who can be that empathetic ear that maybe that one kid who's in that awkward teenage phase just needs somebody to kind of talk to and informally mentor them. Right. You know, it's not just our teachers, which we have some of the best trained teachers anywhere, period, point blank, full stop. We, we've got some of the best trained and quality teachers anywhere. Um, our program, um, I have Which, to say, that's what was going to be my next thing. You you run a program in the district. I do. What what is that? And and talk about that. So I run a, a program that's funded by a federal grant called the Twenty First Century um, After Hours Program. The grant is the Twenty First Century Community Learning Centers Grant, and it is disseminated through the um, the Ohio Department of Education. Um, we've been running this program. I've been program manager now for eight years. Uh, we'll, we'll be coming into year number nine here uh, in a little bit. And we reach for kids um, by the grant mandate who maybe have gotten a little bit off track. Maybe your suspensions are a little bit higher. Maybe you're struggling academically. Um, maybe you're having some social or emotional uh, struggles. Or maybe you're performing really well and maybe you just need the more social piece of after school. But my program is specifically and exclusively for sixth, seventh and eighth graders. And I have to be mindful how I say this. I, 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 I like doing middle school. I love doing middle school. It's not to say I don't have any interest in, in reaching into the high school or back into elementary, but there's a ton of programs for those groups, those peer groups, the middle school, you have a lot of, so uh, you have a lot of physical change. You have a lot of academic rigor that's now being introduced and a lot of new uh, individual accountability and, 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 things that you have to uh, kind of manage more on your own. And it's funny because, you know, here starts sprouting on the Ghibli bits. And then all of a sudden we as parents start to kind of ease away. And that's sometimes when we need they need us more. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got a 14 year old. Yeah. So so, you know, this struggle, you know, they're trying to become more independent, but they need that guidance. So I look Absolutely. at it as like the bumper rails on on the bowling alley, you know, you can put them up as they're getting started and bit by bit, you keep going and you keep going and slowly you take them down and they're going to make a few gutter balls, but eventually you teach them how to 
bowl straight, you know? Right, right. And I look at the after-school program as kind of like the bumper rails that are kind of trying to gently guide them into the next phase of their academic and uh, personal growth, you know? Now, the thing is, we don't want to be the directors. We very much want to be allies and partners and with our parents um, because these students have so much in them. And usually almost every year I get one kid that is so oppositional and so defiant. And that is the kid that I make my own personal project because 90% of the time, Jimmy, most of those kids are the ones that opposition and defiance is leadership trying to manifest itself. Hmm. And if they can learn to trust me or my staff members, then we can teach them how to make that work for their benefit. Let's talk about the district as a whole. Okay. What are some of the advantages or perks, if you will, or additional things that the district has that maybe some of the other area schools districts don't have? Um, again, we can talk about the negative things. Um, not going to do it. Right. We want to talk about the positive things. What are some of the positive things? One th one thing I know about is our robotics program, but what are the things do the, does the district offer for, let's say, the, the program that you have? That's a nice program for the kind of those in-between students. Yes. What what does the district offer that the that maybe other districts don't? What do you what, what are some of the advantages of going to Warren City Schools? Well, I think bar none, I think our our strongest and best program and I run a program. I will say that our the best thing that we offer is um our pre-K program. Our our preschool and kindergarten programs are top notch and the individuals that run it are so fully committed. I mean, it's a wholehearted commitment. You know, they, I mean, they put the hours in whether they're being compensated or not. And, right. And it's, I mean, it is a thing of beauty, you know, and it's, like I said, they, they really create the love and the partnership with our families that could sustain these students throughout their entire career in the district. So I think that in and of itself is is enough, you know, your three-year-old should come. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I said, you could put her in any one of our, our pre-K eights and, and, and she will thrive. Do all the buildings have pre-K? Yes. Okay. Yes, and, and there's pre-K at Harding as well. So, so yeah, oh. I mean, Harding is 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 a big building and it's it and it's built well and so there's some space there's two pre-k classrooms over at Harding and so like I said we are greatly blessed to have have that program there um the high school in and of itself again with the robotics that's amazing um one of the um uh, guys at central office that's uh heavily involved in that he was walking around with a face mask that they had made on the 3D printer. Oh, nice. You know, I mean, there are so many opportunities. I mean, and the counselors over at um, at Harding and then and then the alternative credit school. You know, a lot of people look at that as oh, it's a behavior school or whatever else. 
Students miss school for a number of reasons. My son was out from September to March, you know, Mm -hmm. September of 2016 to March of 2017. Um, Now, fortunately, he was able to to get things back and recover and and recover academically as well. But for older students, for older students, um, we have the uh, building at Monroe. And they are able to really make uh, inroads if they're willing to put the work in. And the uh, person in charge over there is fabulous. Miss Austin Brown is is a fabulous um, asset to the district. And she really is working with the families. And if you're over there, if you're ever over there, you can see it. These are kids that have different challenges Mm -hmm. and she's empathetic, but she's also firm in that same way that, you know, not in the same way that Mr. Fowler was, Mm -hmm. but but, different world. Yeah. Yeah. But, but she also sets an expectation of, of performance. And so that's something that I think is really substantial. I mean, Mr. Capers is a fabulous man, a, a good, decent person, and he's got people in his orbit. You know, Mrs. Ulysses over at Harding, and and um, Mrs. Simmons, and all of the principals there, and the counselors at Harding. They really want these kids to succeed, and so it's not to suggest that other districts don't have those things. Right, right, but. But just so go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We really have people invested here, you know, beyond the span of their paycheck. You know, I'm not you know me. I'm not the type of person who's going to put someone else down to uplift me. Right. I'm not here to put I'm not here to put another school district down just to make Warren look good. Not at all. Right. I'm here doing this. Just to make Warren look good. So I'm not, and you know this, I'm not here to put other districts down. Well, no, and and neither am I. But I will say we have, and my direct supervisor, uh, as it relates to the after school program and the work I do, I work kind of between two departments in the district. So I do the after school program through the Department of Outreach and uh community development, Mm -hmm. community outreach and grant development. But then I also do family engagement through the state and federal programs department. And so that is the after school and sometimes during the school day uh, events that we do in order to bring um, Title I family engagement. What's Title I? Title I is basically a budget that is given to districts that have a higher percentage of free and reduced lunch. Gotcha. So districts that have some sort of economic barriers uh, that may... Uh, affect student performance. Yeah. And what Title I budget is supposed to do is kind of bring parity to that district to so where we can kind of be a little bit more on par with some of the districts that don't have those same barriers, those economic barriers. What what I do, and I have a counterpart, a very brilliant counterpart in um, that department, Miss um, Kilpatrick, and if there are any uh, listeners that or uh, have ever seen Miss Kilpatrick in action, you know, she's been doing this for, you know, two decades and, and is really skilled at kind of connecting how families can help support the learning that goes on in the buildings as their kids come home. You know, nobody expects our parents to be 
professional teachers. Right. But what Title I does is they pay myself and Mrs. Kilpatrick's to figure out ways to send things home that little things that mom and dad can do in the midst of cooking dinner and having family time and whatnot that can support the learning that their kids are having during the day. And hopefully it's fun and entertaining as well for the other kids coming up in the, in the household. I don't, I don't think a lot of people outside of uh, Warren city schools understand the, uh, the additional things that are done for students outside of you're in the building from this hour to this hour and you go home. There's a lot more that the district does for the students in general. Talk about, um, the academics talk about, you know, if you're getting ready to, for college and you have your sets, sights set on a collegiate career, what does Warren City Schools have that would be beneficial for those types of students? So there's there's um, a couple of people over at the high school that um, really t- kind of take a, a good look at that. You've got credits and courses that you can take over the summertime that can kind of make sure that you're on on, on track to go there. And then they've got like um, IB, International Baccalaureate courses that can be taken that you can have college credit with and advanced placement classes as well um, that can, can, can really help you move and you can actually graduate with, you know, some credits to your name and some people I think might even be able to graduate with an associates uh and and some things don't don't quote me on that though Un- unquoted <laughs> cuz i'm not i'm not at the high school all the time I, I do one of the best things i do and this is something that i know is exclusive to Warren City Schools um through my job with Title 1 um i um help to organize the freshman academy so one of the big things that we take we, we kind of noticed is that there are, you know, bugs to work out during those transitional years, you know, fifth grade to sixth grade, you're mm-hmm. moving from elementary to middle school. And then of course, eighth grade to ninth grade, when you leave those, the comfort of those K-8s and all four of their individual personalities and you come together in the one big high school, well, now expectations are higher and you know, you're more accountable for what you do. Mm-hmm. And so in order to make sure that there is a standard that is set for all the kids, uh, uh, the same standard set for all the kids, we do a, a week of freshman academy and the kids are kind of busted up by the alphabet and they're introduced to their um, teachers, some of their teachers, they, they meet their principals, they get acclimated to the bell schedule and they're kind of introduced and walked around the building because for those of you who have not been in any place other than the gym or her, the stadium, Harding is a massive it's a place. Big building. It's massive. And, and so, we can afford to have more students. So if you're thinking of mo- transferring or moving, we've got room. Absolutely. Come on in. <laughs> you know, we'd love to have you. We really would. Warren has an excellent academics program for the, the, the collegiate level. I know, I know our, our, our state scores aren't where they depends who you ask should be. I think we can get them there. I, I believe we can. 
Yeah. I'm not the expert in that area, though. I have my two cents worth of an opinion, but I think we can get him there. But that kind of gives Warren the, a little bit of a black eye. Um, but we have the academics available for those kinds of students. Well, we do. Correct. We, we really do. And that's that's the thing, you know, the IB program, having been a former member of the Board of Education, I know was an expensive endeavor. And and so some of those things are, are very pricey, but we offer them because we, we have the capacity and there is the there is the need out there. There is this population that really needs to. I mean, just like we work hard for our, our kids that are underperforming, we need to be mindful of our kids who are on track and, and advanced. And we need to be able to challenge them and get them to their next level of performance as well. And so we do have teachers and we still have a gifted program. We still have. Uh, those things that are going to develop that next generation of leadership um, from this city. And so I'm really excited about that happening as well. Um, oh, I had a thought, but my, it's all right. my train got distracted. Derailed. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We're going to we got a couple literally two to three minutes left here. But uh, I, I just wanted to bring to light the positive aspects of Warren City Schools and the really the great potential you have academically that Warren City Schools, Warren Harding, if, if your academics is your thing, you're in the right district. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a ton of opportunity there. Well, and even, you know, I'm, I'm not as involved in that part of it, but I, I know in the past um, our superintendent and our associate superintendent and some of the department directors have taken uh, students who have shown interest and kind of walked them around. They've shadowed, they've had students shadow them for the day um, because I think one of the things that is really going to help the district uh, uh, kind of thrive and perpetuate success is to kind of develop that next generation of uh, of leaders. So there's a future teachers uh, club at um, at Harding. And um, I am kind of proud to say that a lot of those students are former 21st century students from my oh, program, nice. <laughs> you know, and some of them are the students that you may have thought were unlikely to want that. But you mentioned earlier about planting seeds, you know, we, we, we do need to work on uh, getting a more diverse uh, a team in place, but sometimes that has to happen by just planting the seed. You know, I am a, a man of color of a certain age. And sometimes when I talk to young, young boys of color, I tell them, you know, how many teachers have you had? that are male and look like you. And if they say none, and I said, maybe that's what you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm going to leave that at that. I'm going to put that seed there. Right. Maybe it'll grow. Maybe it won't, but it would be nice to get a couple of guys back. From It'd be that. nice to get more male teachers yeah. in as well. But I, I, I agree with you. You kids, you relate to people like you and there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing no. at all. Uh, and, and for you and I, growing up in Warren, it was easier. I should easier is not the word or maybe it is. If I have a black teacher or a white teacher, male or female, I can relate to him either way. Right. That's right. I was raised both around that environment. Yes. 
So it, it, that helped me, and that's what we kind of talked about earlier. But planting seeds is 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 critical. You can't. F- we try to force things too much, and you can't. It, it's just going to backfire. Yeah. You have to plant the seeds and let things go. In my opinion, I mean, you're much more knowledgeable about these things than I am. But let them grow organically. No, I think I think you're exactly right, Jimmy. I mean, to me. Yeah, we're a little bit heavy handed at times with a lot of things that we do. And that's the way people parent now. And, you know, back to our earlier conversation, we had a little bit more leeway. Our parents were strict in in many ways. Well, I had a line. You don't cross it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But but, you know, they didn't have to break up fights and whatnot. Right. Because, you know, we had to figure out how to get along. Right. You know, and so if there was any instruction, it's like, y'all better figure it out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes it is our tendency now to to our children's detriment to want to fix everything for them. Yeah, yeah that that's that's a whole nother subject. Absolutely. I have to have like a defend Warren after our show. <laughs> Talk about right, non-Warren yeah, issues. Right. Yeah. But, uh, well, Jimmy Kevin, and Oprah after the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen here, Oprah, I'm going to tell you what's what. That's right. <laughs> show you what West Side's about. No, I'm indeed. Indeed. I'm all about, you know, you, uh, you've listened to my podcast. I'm all about unity, man. We got to come together, period. No more East West. Us old timers, we can banter, but let's leave it at that. Let's That's get it exactly together. Right. Get Get in the schools, parents, please. Get in the school. If you're not happy with the state report card, go in and volunteer and start teaching these kids math. Start working with them in science. Start working with them in English, reading, writing, spelling, whatever the case may be. Get get in there. Don't complain. Get in there. Get to work. If you're upset with the discipline in the school, get in there. Volunteer. I know Jefferson does a good job at that, that building. They do. And and I've been impressed with that building and how that building runs. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I'm not the type of person who's going to say it, you know, just to say it. I won't say anything if I don't believe that. Right. Get in the district. Get involved. There are tons of places people in Warren can get involved. And Kevin is just one of the examples of the people who've come back. I've come back, which is another story I'm going to share with you guys real quick. And then we're going to wrap up because I'm I'm out of time. My wife, we we had an agreement that I was going home. I knew I wanted to come home. I just didn't know how. Right. I didn't know what, who, I didn't know the details. So I just was frozen in my tracks, floating along, whatever. So my wife, my wife knew I wanted to come home, but when we got married, she's like, we're moving to Warren over my dead body. (laughs) You ask her about it. She goes, I should have never said that. Right. But she is really, you know, and maybe I'll have her in one day to talk about it. She's from San Diego. And if you listen to the podcast, I've said it more than once, you know, but she's learned to grow, love the area. Right. And that's what brought me back. The, the opportunity to move home, a house, my grandmother's house became available. We moved in and I love the neighborhood we live in, but we're back. And I'm, you know, you know, I'm trying to be in as involved as I possibly can and, and plant seeds, man, Johnny Appleseed, Kevin okay. Appleseed, Jimmy Appleseed, whatever. <laughs> but I'm just telling you people get out, get involved. You see new business, go in and say, what do you offer? What do you got? Get in a district. Start yeah. leaning on the principals. Start leaning on teachers. What can I do to help? That's all you have to say. What can I do to help? Well, for the district piece, if they don't know where to start, I'm humbly offering to give your to, give to your phone number for work and your email if you don't mind, and no, so don't. people can reach out to you. So you can reach me at Kevin at Neoman 
N as in no, E O M as in man, I N as in no dot org. Um, that is the best way to get back to me. Um, and if you have any ideas for family engagement, you want to see a math night or you want to do something with language arts or science or something like that. My um, area of influence is for sixth through 12th grade um, as it relates to family engagement. I have a counterpart who uh, does um, K through five. And so any ideas that you have for any grade level, you can pass them on to me. I will share them with her and that we can make stuff happen. You know, I'd love to build some parent teams. You know, I've got people that are interested in, in, in the schools that are interested in having parent voices. McGuffey K-8 is the only building that has a PTA. And those meetings are sadly um, under attended. So we'd love to have you all. Please contact me. Please do get involved. And, uh, Kevin, thank you for your time. I, I'm very thankful you came on today. Oh, you're, Jimmy, you're, thank you. You're 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 a, a a light in the dark darkness in Warren. Sometimes you, you know just with your name and all your commitments and your volunteering and all that. <laughs> like seriously, man. Um, so thank you, and uh, everyone keep the faith, get involved, and defend Warren. 